to be aware and fully expectant that God is at work in your life right now. You see, there's a caveat, though. There's a, there's a big-time caveat. He wants you to be committed. I feel so strongly in the spirit that God is saying, come on now, it's time to recommit your heart to me. Recommit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You're no longer Lord. Come on, recommit, recommit. Put away the things that you've been into, the false idols, the things that have been giving you attention, that have been taking your attention, the things that you have been um, giving yourself to. Do away with those things. And come on, I'm calling you back to recommit yourself to me and to my son. That's a big deal. This is, just a, this is a journey. This is a journey. When I look at scripture and I look at the people of faith and the people that God dealt with all throughout his word, he never, he never really cared for when people were like half in and half out. Like it was, I want your whole heart. I want all of you. Not when it's convenient for you. Not when you have nothing else going on. I want your whole heart. You see, with God, it's not a phase. If, if I can tell you about my life, I'm standing up here not because I'm in just this God phase lately. And I've met people that they seek after God. Jesus Christ is Lord because I've really got nothing else going on. I'm in between jobs. It's pretty convenient right now. I'm just searching for answers, so now I'm in this search for God phase of my life. I'm not satisfied with my life. I'm not getting paid enough. I'm unhappy with my job, so now I'm going to seek a, a, a better way. And that's okay, but I'm letting you know it's, it's so much more than that. It's so much more than just a phase. I've seen people, they're all in until they get a new boyfriend. They're all in until they get a new girlfriend. They're all in until they get a new job or a new business job. A new business opportunity comes in, and then I never see them. It's been a long journey for my personal faith and, and Danny and I's faith together as a couple. It's been about 12 years, and it's not a phase. It's a life. It's a lifestyle of being obedient to God through the ups and the downs, right? And yes, there's absolute sacrifice that is involved in that. Now, when you look at the, the Old Testament, when you look at Scripture, they would go and worship and sacrifice unto God. These are not things that were convenient. They would travel to where the ark was, and they would worship God there.
who wants your heart? Who wants our heart this year? And he's going to take us in places that, like, just blow us away. I want to read a, a passage out of um, Samuel, First Samuel. Um, I was, I've, I've been just really just taken by this passage the past couple of days. It's in, uh, we're just going to read the, the first chapter of Samuel, First Samuel. So if you have your Bibles, jump to that. about faith, commitment, sacrifice, and God's awesome economy, and how he works. So we're going to bounce around a little bit. I'm going to start in, um, in verse 3, and it starts with this guy, Elkanah, okay? Yeah, chapter 1, verse 3. All right, here we go. And I'm just going to keep reading, so, so stick with me if you don't have your Bible. I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, so you can read uh, word for word with me, or you can just listen. But um, in verse 3, it says, Now this man used to go up year by year, this guy, Elkanah, to his city to worship and to sacrifice to the Lord of hosts at Shaloah, where the two sons of Eli, Hophini and Phinehas, were priests of the Lord. On the day when Elkanah sacrificed, he would give portions to Peniah, his wife, and all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion, because he loved her, through the Lord, though the Lord had closed her womb. And her rival used to provoke her grievously to irritate her, because the Lord had closed her womb. So it went on year by year, as often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she used to provoke her. Therefore Hannah wept and would not eat. And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than ten sons? After they had eaten and drunk at Sheol, Hannah rose. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on the seat beside the doorpost of the temple of the Lord. And she was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me, and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life, and no razor shall touch his head. As she continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart. Only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I'm a woman troubled in spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered her, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made him. And she said, Let your servant find favor in your eyes. Then the woman went away, went her way, and ate 
and their face was no longer sad. All right, so you've got this woman, Hannah. She's married to Elkanah, who is also married to another woman. That was common in that day, You'd have multiple wives. But her womb was closed, and the other ladies wasn't. The other lady had, had kids. And in those days, it seemed as if you know, there was like this curse on you, or you did something wrong if you couldn't bear kids. And so this woman who's having all the kids, the other wife, is just, just all over Hannah. Just giving her all sorts of grief and just ridicule and all this stuff. And, and Hannah's just, just cut to the heart. And yet she's worshiping. She's worshiping with Elkanah. And she's spirit. The scripture says that Eli is the priest and he's standing by the doorpost and he sees Hannah just pouring out her spirit. And he thinks she's drunk. She's crying out to the Lord. You know, like, but nothing's coming out. It's awesome that God records her prayers, although nothing was coming out. How many times, I mean, isn't that just great that God knows exactly what you're saying? You don't have to even verbalize. He wants us to verbalize things, obviously. But you can just... Just call out and pray, and nothing comes out. And yet he knows exactly what you need. But this guy, this, this priest Eli, thinks that this woman's drunk. And she's like, no, 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 no. And she explains, and he says, okay, whatever your heart's been asking for, may the Lord grant that to you. He doesn't know what she prayed for because he couldn't hear. He said, may that, may that happen. <laughs> what I like, what it says next is that Hannah, the woman, went on her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. How many times have you received prayer from someone? They said, hey, look, it's going to be good, actually. It's, it's going to be good. And I just, I just pray God's blessing over you. How many times have we left that great encouraging word in the same position that we were when we came into it? Let me put it like this. Hannah wasn't eating. She was feeling sick to her stomach. And this priest said, hey, it's going to be good. I trust that it's going to be good. And may God bless you. And then it said she wiped her tears, started taking some deep breaths, walked away, and ate. And it was no longer sad because she trusted. This is by faith that she left her position saying, okay, God, I trust you. I trust, I trust you. And so in verse 19, then they rose early in the morning and they worshiped before the Lord. And they're worshiping again. And they went back to their house at Ramah, and Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. And in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel. For she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Pretty awesome. God made good on his promise. This woman that was barren now bears a child. In verse 21, the man of Cana and all his house went up to offer to the Lord the yearly sacrifice and to pay vow. 
But Hannah did not go up, for she said to her husband, As soon as the child is weaned, I will bring him up, so that he may appear in the presence of the Lord and dwell there forever. Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Do what seems best to you. Wait until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord establish his word. So the woman remained and nursed her son until she weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her along with the three-year-old bull and ephah of flour and uh, a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. And the child was young, and they slaughtered the bull, and they brought the child to Eli. And she said, Oh, my Lord, as you live. So she's talking to Eli now. She says, Oh, my Lord, as you live. My Lord, I am the woman who was standing here in your presence praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And he worshipped the Lord there. This is years later. This boy's grown. It's a little young kid. But she takes him to the priest and says, this is what you pray for. And this is the answer to the blessing that you put on me. Chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart exalts in the Lord, and my horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth derides my enemies, because I rejoice in your salvation. There is none holy like the Lord, for there is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. Talk no more so very proudly. Let not arrogance come from your mouth. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, but the feeble bind on strength. Those who were full have hired themselves out for bread, but those who were hungry have ceased to hunger. The barren has borne seven, but she who has many children is forlorn. The Lord kills and brings to life. He brings down to Sheol and raises up, and the Lord makes poor and makes rich. He brings low and exalts. He raises up the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and on them he has set the world. He, verse 9, will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Against them he will thunder in heaven. The Lord will judge the ends of the earth, and he will give strength to his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Then Elkanah went home to Ramah, and the boy was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli the priest. All right, so Hannah, that was a lot. Stay with me. Hannah, Praise the prayer, just exalting God. She's bringing her son Samuel, the answer to her prayer, the one that she's wanted, that God promised he'd give her. She brings this child to Eli, the priest, and says, this child's going to be the Lord's. He's going to minister to the Lord just as he gave him to me. I'm going to give him back to the Lord. And she praises God. She exalts God. This is her son, She's giving her son to God and allowing Eli to raise her here. She doesn't leave with her head down low, but she prays that prayer, exalting God for who he is. 
Jump to uh, verse 18. Now Samuel was ministering before the Lord. A boy clothed with a linen ephod, and his mother used to make for him a little robe and to take it to him each year when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Then Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you children by this woman for the petition she has asked for. Uh, may the petition by this woman for the petition she asked of the Lord. So then they would return to their home, and indeed the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons, two daughters, and the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. This is God's economy. When you give to God what he has given to you, he multiplies back unto you. This woman was barren, God gave her a son, and instead of taking that son and saying, well, just this boy, this boy, I'm, I'm going to raise this boy. No, I'm going to make good on my word, and I'm going to give this son back to you, God, so that he may worship you and minister to you in the temple. He's yours. Do you know how hard that is for a mother to do? I couldn't even imagine. And God says, when you do that, watch what I do. He gave her three more sons and gave her two daughters. And he said this boy, Samuel, was ministering to God. And he grew up strong in the presence of the Lord. This young boy, if this boy can minister to God, you can minister to God. This young boy. What faith that took on Hannah's part. A woman who didn't feel worthy continued to offer up sacrifices and praises to God, would pour out her heart. And God looked at her heart. God looked at her love and reverence and trust in him. And he says, here you go, I'm going to multiply back to you what you have given to me. This is how God works, guys. So when I talk about commitment and God wanting your life, wanting you to recommit your heart to him. He's saying, look, what I want to do is I want to multiply back to you whatever you come forward with. And that's in all things, your time, your finances, it all. What I've given to you, you bring it back to me, I'm going to multiply it back to you. In Matthew 29, let's go here. Bear with me, bear with me. I have zero notes today. That's what happens when uh, you don't hit save on your iPad. So <laughs> that's, that's it. But uh, Jesus, Jesus says this in Matthew chapter 19 29 and everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or children or lands for my name's sake will receive a hundredfold and will inherit eternal life when you leave those things 
In other words, when you count me as greater priority in your life, greater priority than your wife, greater priority than your kids, greater priority than your husband, greater priority than your job, when you commit yourself to me, I will multiply back to you a hundredfold. Oh yeah, and then also eternal life. That's good news. That is a good economy. That's God, that's the kingdom of heaven. That's how things work. That's like you being real tired this morning because you're working the night shift and you show up. God's going to do something with that. God's going to do something with that. There is this call to get recommitted. When you don't feel like waking up to read scripture in the morning, but you do it anyway. Because you say, no, you know what, God, I'm going to exalt you above sleep. He will work with you there. He will multiply back to you what you need. It's like the woman that Jesus observed when she gave in her offering, I think she gave just a couple coins, and that was all that she had. And Jesus was like, yeah, what she just gave, guys, did you see that? What she just gave was worth more than that guy over there who gave a huge amount out of his abundance, what that woman gave right there. See, God doesn't care about the actual quantity or the minutes, or the dollars, or what. He wants your heart. He wants it all. He wants it all. He doesn't want you to be one foot in, one foot out, take his word on some things, not so much here. He wants it all. He had Jesus' all. Jesus gave his heart and everything he had to doing the Father's will, to loving the Father while he was on earth. He is our example of what it looks like to say, God, I'm all in, even to the point of death. Because I know, God, that what I give you, you will multiply here on this earth. Jesus said, I'm going to give you my life for the lives of many. I know that you are going to raise me up from the grave three days later, and not only that, but you're going to raise up all of those that confess that I am their Lord and that I have been sent to forgive their sins. That's God's economy. It doesn't make sense that one would die and many would be raised, but in the kingdom of heaven, that's what it looks like. God wants it all. It's a big ask. But the reward for you is so great. The reward for us is so great. Yes, it's challenging. Yes, yes, it's not easy. But it's more challenging to live a life that's one foot in and one foot out. It's more challenging to live life 
through the struggles of sin and trying to figure out how to do it on your own and in your own strength. That's far more challenging. So you choose your challenge, God's saying. Yeah, there's going to be a challenge to walk righteously for sure. There are going to be things that you will be called to do that won't be convenient or easy for you. And in our society, it seems like whatever is convenient or easy, that's just the right way. That's just what's good. If, if it's too hard, it's probably not worth it. That is not accurate. <laughs> it's not. He's saying he wants, he wants all of it. He wants your heart. Hannah had only one son, gave her son back to the Lord. Multiplied it back to her. What God is doing this year, what he wants to do this year, is allow to you, uh, he wants you to experience the hundredfold. I believe this. I believe he wants you to experience the hundredfold. But it's going to be up to you to decide whether or not you want to leave what you've been holding on to so near and dear. There's going to be some things you have to give up. There's going to be some things that you're going to have to start doing. As the Spirit leads. He wants you to experience a hundredfold. And I believe that you will this year. I really do. I really, really believe that this is going to be a year that you are going to experience something new with him. Just the absolute abundance of what it looks like to live and walk with God through faith. What I mean by that? Through trusting him. Trusting the process. It's a process walking with God. It's a process. It's a journey. It's not having that heart it's like the thorns when the seed gets put in, the desires of the world, the cares and the riches, the cares for riches and worldly things come up and choke the word of God, not allowing it to bear fruit. Rich soil these hearts are. By faith, by faith. This is going to happen by faith, by believing what he's saying and by believing me right now as I speak these words that God has got a better day for you tomorrow. He's got something new in store for you. You have to trust me in this, but it's going to be a journey. It's not going to be one of those God convenient things. It's going to be a walk with him through the ups and the downs so that no matter what 2000 or 2021 has to bring, whether there's a famine, whether there's a disease, any outside circumstance will not affect your personal walk with God and your experience with him. If you were told, if we would have been talking about this at the beginning of 2020, I mean, how many people do you think would Unfortunately, he says, a lot of people were just rocked. And I'm not making light of the things that happened in this previous year. But I'm saying that absolutely no outside circumstance has any impact on your personal walk and your personal relationship with God the Father through his son, Jesus Christ. 
absolute trust. Every year, we've been getting a, a word of knowledge that gives like a theme for that year. A couple years ago, it's been a walk by the Holy Spirit. Last year, it was the word transformation we heard. And when I say we heard, that's God telling somebody that, and then also telling somebody else that, and telling somebody else that. So God confirms what he's doing. Because he's like, hey, just, just, just so you know, I'm doing some things. This year, God spoke to Danny, and he spoke to me separately, and he said, this, is, this theme this year is going to be by faith. And then God confirmed it through other people. So be on the lookout. By faith. By faith is something we're going to be talking about a lot about this year. By faith. By your trust in him, you're going to experience him on a new level. In your trust in him, you are going to grow into that person that he sees. You're going to walk into the plans that he's set for you. By faith. By trusting him. So recently, we're only, what is today, the third? I've, I've already been putting this into practice, and I encourage you to do the same. By faith, God, I say, by faith, God, I'm going to wake up right now. By faith, I'm going to call this person. By faith, I'm going to s just stop and just pray, because although this day is so busy, I, by faith, I am purposefully going to carve out this morning with you. I'm not even going to give you a block of time because I don't want you to have to replicate that. That's between you and him. I'm going to commit this time to you, God, before anything else. By faith, I'm going to do that because I trust that as I continue to seek you first and put you first, and through everything that I will have to do today, that your name will be honored and your plans will be brought into fruition through this yes of my heart. By faith. By faith. By faith you shut up today. By faith you're watching this right now. By faith you haven't turned this off yet. <laughs> <laughs> By faith. You know what faith is? Faith is... Trust in God, believe in God. But we have to hear God in order to believe something, in order to trust something. I've said it many times, we can hear God through his word in here. And we can also hear God through the Holy Spirit. He, if you, do you believe that God can speak to you? Do you, you might say yes, but do you expect it? That's the next level. I expect, God, that I'm going to take this time out. You're going to talk with me here. I'm just going to sit and praise you. You know this boy Samuel? This boy Samuel, he was ministering to the Lord, growing in the presence of the Lord. And it said that one day he hears this voice while he's sleeping. It says, Samuel. So Samuel gets up, and he goes to Eli. He's like, Eli, you, you called? And Eli's like, no, it wasn't me, man. Go back to sleep. So Samuel goes back to sleep, and then Samuel hears his voice again. Samuel, Samuel. Samuel gets up, goes to Eli, and Eli's like, no, I didn't call you. 
Go back to sleep. Samuel goes back to sleep, and hears the voice the third time. Samuel, Samuel. And he goes back, and he tells Eli, and that's when Eli, Eli was like, yeah, uh, Samuel, that's the voice of the Lord. You know what's awesome about that story? Not that God spoke to Samuel. That's like, duh. He speaks to all those that love him and those that fear and respect him. But what's awesome about that is that it said at that point in time, Samuel had not heard God's voice. He had not, he had not received the word of the Lord. So you have this boy in reverence, obedience, loving, respecting God, ministering to God, and had not heard his voice yet. Some people say, no, 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 I'm, I, I, can only, I can only go all in if I hear God's voice. If I hear him speak to me, God, then I'm all in. And you have Samuel from a little boy ministering to the Lord, growing in the presence of God, worshiping God without even hearing his voice yet. That's awesome to me. Because Samuel was like, it's not about, God, what you can do for me. It's about just how good you are. It's about what you're worthy of. And you are worthy of my entire life. That's what Samuel grew up into. You're worthy of everything. There's a lot for us to learn about that young boy, Samuel. You're worthy of it all, God. This is going to be a good year, y'all. I'm, I'm really, really excited. I'm excited for you to experience it. I am absolutely, and I know others here are, absolutely committed to you growing closer to God and following Jesus that much closer this year. This may not be the spot for you if that is not your intention. If that's not what you want to do, if, if, it's, if it's not growing closer to God, and being an apprentice of the Lord Jesus Christ, then my message and the message of others and this place here probably not going to be the church for you. And that's cool. Go to another church. Get connected somewhere. But here, we take the command that Jesus Christ said in Matthew 28 pretty seriously. He says in verse 16, Now the eleven disciples went to the, uh, to the mountains to which Jesus had directed them, and when they saw them, they worshipped him, and Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to, to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. The command is to go make disciples. It's not to just be uh, those that attend church to soak in, to say, okay, well, that was entertaining. Garrett raised his voice a little bit more this week than he did last week. We'll see what he does next week. Like, <laughs> grow more into following Christ Jesus, that new creation that you are. You've been given a new seed. The Bible says in chapter 5 uh, of 2 Corinthians, verse 17, whoever is in Christ is a new creation. The old has passed away. The new has come. The new has come this year. And I'm telling you, there's so much more for you to, to enter into. Out of this place, out of this, this, this community, this family of believers, strong individuals are going to be birthed. 
strong individuals of Christ so that no outside circumstance can hinder the trust, the confidence, and the love that is between you and the Father through Jesus Christ. And when I say community and family, yes, everyone's going to play a part in that. Whether you are very infant level in your walk, in your, in, in your maturity in Christ-likeness, your spiritual maturity, or you've been doing this for years, you play a very important role. Like in any family, there's responsibility for everybody. Our kids at six and eight, they've got responsibilities to serve. It's not the same responsibility as, as Danny's or mine. It's not maybe that heavy, but it's a responsibility nonetheless. My point in saying that is, in the body of Christ, you have a responsibility to one another. This is not a solo walk. It's not just about you and your personal walk. It is about building up those around you so that the body of Christ would just continue to expand, that the kingdom of God would continue to grow throughout this earth, that we would be a people that when others look at us, they say, man, love abounds in them. That's something different. Jesus said, you will know that, they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love one another. And you can't love one another if you're not in community. Love is not just a, let me say hey to you. Love is giving yourself to the service of another, saying, hey, man, how can I help you? How can I love you? Let me serve you. You can't do that if you're by yourself. So whether this church is for you or not, or if you're listening in and you don't frequently come here, get plugged into another church and serve there. Get plugged into that community and serve there. Because you have a gift that the body needs. You have a, you have a gift that that community is going to need. God has given you a very specific gift. It's not going to be my gift, and my gift's not going to be your gift. But it's needed. Much needed. Okay, I think I hit that. We cool. I'm not. I'm not like mad or anything like that. I'm just, just like really excited because it's going to take commitment. I mean, and I'm just saying that. Like, mark my words. If you stay with me and you stay with the people that are committed to your growth in Christ throughout this whole year, no matter what happens, I guarantee you this is going to be a, a year. that you'll get to look back on and say, God, by faith, that was amazing. By my trust in you, that was amazing. When it was easy, when it was hard, regardless, my trust in you, it was amazing. Boy, God, you are amazing, and let's keep getting more. So I want to pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your goodness, and you are in a good mood. I know it, I know it, I know it. And you are calling us, Father, and I just thank you that we can be called by you. Oh, my. That we can be called by you. 
And we say, yes, Father. I say, yes, Father. I say, yes, 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 yes. Father, work in our hearts. Work in our hearts, Father, like only you can. Greater trust, greater levels of faith in believing you because you are worthy to be believed. You are a man of your word. So, Father, I thank you for the words spoken today. And may it fall on rich soil, Father, that you would get fruit all throughout the land. Every, everyone that everyone touches and everything that they touch, Father, may it just bear fruit so that you would be exalted to the name Jesus Christ. And it's in him I pray. Amen. Love you guys.